Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a fresh episode of the Baggies Broadcast. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'm joined as ever by my friend and all-round good egg, Mr Joe Massey. Oh, I like being described as your friend. It's the first time I've ever said that. It is, we've, we've made that leap. Yeah. I love that, I love it's that. It's official mate, it's official. It's official. <laughs> we are officially in a friendship. Yeah, <laughs> the best kind of ship, a friendship. How are you doing? How are you coping without me? I was gone for a week. Well, I think you've actually started off on, a, on the right note, actually, because you know what, mate? I've bloody missed you. Have you? I've genuinely, genuinely missed you. I genu- honestly, I genuinely have. Um, I'm saying that sincerely. I genuinely have missed you. I've missed, I've missed it, yeah. I've missed you, mate. I've missed doing the potty with you. I've missed doing post-match videos with you. Um, I mean, I think you have too many holidays and... Your commitments in question, but honestly, genuinely, I have missed you. I have missed you, so I am very, very glad to have you back. I, I truly am. I have twenty-five days holiday, just like you, mate. You say that? That's not true, is it? It's a hundred percent true. It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. No, sorry, you are right. On on paper, on like documents <laughs> submitted, you do have twenty-five days holiday um, and the same amount of holiday as me. But the reality is obviously very different. I appreciate you have to stick to that line just in case HR are listening in, but. We all know the truth. I mean, let's be honest, your boss is Nathan Judah, who is a 40-year-old child. Um, <laughs> he can't even count 25. <laughs> so, I think there's a little bit of fudging of the system, personally. But it's good to have you back. It's good to have you back. It's good to have I mean, you back. Those are completely false claims, but okay, <laughs> I'll let you believe what you want to believe. Um, I mean, I go away for a week and... and Joe, I mean, I'm sure you're very, very, very diligent. You've obviously done your job um, very well without me. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I was expecting to come back, and there was going to be a win on the board, but it just wasn't the case, was it? No, 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 no. Uh, the wait for the win goes on, doesn't it? Which is, yeah, it's it's sad, really. It's the first like you saying that. It's actual like first time I've sort of felt a bit down, really, after that after that um, Tottenham game yesterday, which is obviously. Bar the actual Harry Kane goal, um, which was devastating and heartbreaking. But yeah, you're right. The wait mm. does the wait for a win has rumbled on. Fulham, I mean, we won't go into it too much because it was a long time ago. But should we just say it was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. <laughs> That's um, literally the first word I've got down in my notes here. Just oh put really? Fulham two, Albion nil. Dreadful in capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you laugh, you laugh, you laugh so you don't cry. Um, but yeah, dreadful. Didn't turn up. Didn't turn up in one of the biggest games of the season. Um, bizarre, really. Um, bizarre, mm. just how badly they underperformed, and and really, really disappointing. Just very, very on that game. Actually, just one thing I will say is, um, Billich actually said on Friday when we had the Tottenham presser, he actually said he very, 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 very rarely in his life does he feel deflated. Use the word deflated. He says he very, very, very rarely uses that word. Mm. Um, but he admitted he felt utterly deflated um, after the Fulham game. And I thought that was quite interesting, really, like a quite interesting insight from him, just how like, hurt he was, really, and by the display. Um, yeah, it was it was a real, real bad afternoon and bad evening, and and thankfully, yeah, they did pick up. And honestly. It sounds ridiculous, no wins, a defeat against Tottenham to an 88th, 89th minute goal from arguably the best striker in the world. But honestly, I'm upbeat. I do feel upbeat. I do feel a bit more positive after the game yesterday. Um, 
I think there's a lot to discuss, an awful lot to discuss. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed. There's a bit of hope. There's a bit of hope, I think. Uh, there is. Um, but I'm going to stick with Fulham just, just quickly. I know, as you said, it was a long time ago. Um, but, it, I mean, it was really poor. In reality as well, I mean, if you watch the game back, I mean, it could have been worse than 2-0. Yeah, yeah, could have, yeah, could have been. Um, Albion just didn't get going, really. I mean, Bilic keeps saying they were okay for twenty minutes or so, which they were-ish. Like it was just a bit of a non-event, really, the first twenty minutes. I suppose that that means it was quite even. But then once Fulham took the lead, um, the second goal is an absolute sucker punch. It has to be said. You that can't do much about that strike, you can, can you? You can't do anything about that. I mean, I tweeted you can't you can't do anything about that, and I got a few responses from people saying, "Oh, you can close them down quicker," and this, that, and the other. No, you can't. Um, if someone sometimes you just got you just got to say fair play. That's a good goal. Fair play. That's. I mean, some a lot of people in football Italia. If you're restricting people to 25 yard shots over the course of 90 minutes. It's highly, highly, highly unlikely you're going to concede. It was an absolute wonder strike from the lad. Mm. Um, it really, really was. So, first goal, obviously very disappointing. Really poor, really poor. Uh, two free headers in the box. Um, very, very preventable. Um, and so much, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult not to... Obviously, because we've had a game since, it's difficult not to batch them together. But there's so much, we've got to talk about three-five-two in absolute depth today. Um, yeah, yeah. That's the big thing for me to come out of the game yesterday. And if you want to touch on it from a Fulham perspective, you look at Darnell Furlong and you look at the performance he put in at Fulham and you look at the performance he put in against Tottenham yesterday, and it is completely chalk and cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Adam Ola-Lukman ran rings around him at Fulham, if we're being honest. Um, he couldn't get near him at times. I mean, he was he, he looked around far, had too much for him. And then you watch yesterday when he's in that right wing back role, slightly more attacking role, slightly more protection. Um, he was absolutely fantastic, and he was better. He completely won his duel with Regulon. Mm. I can't remember how much Spurs played for Regulon. Um, all I can remember reading about him is that obviously he's come from Real Madrid, and Real Madrid have inserted some sort of buyback. Um, in the deal and he could end up back there one day um, but if if that's the calibre of people Furlong is is bettering in his duels in that role I think it tells you an awful lot um, so yeah disappoint, very very disappointed for Lerma. you couldn't you, you came away devastated because it was that Ngisa I don't know I can't remember what his first name is but he absolutely ran the show um, and Fulham bought him. It wasn't this summer. It was actually the summer before, I think. Or the summer. He, was, he was signed the year that they went up initially yeah. before. And, and he they, was kind of labelled. Like, he was. He always played in a double pivot and they tried to play him as a holding midfielder on his own and it never really worked. And he's been on away on loan, hasn't he, and come back. while well, they're yeah. in the championship. And he ran the show and obviously he cost 22 million quid when they bought him. And... He came away very flat thinking, do you know what, Albion have not got a £22 million midfielder. And that's probably the reason why they've lost that game, because he was head and shoulders the best player on the pitch for me. Um, But a lot went wrong at Fulham, an awful lot went wrong. Um, And credit to them, they they rallied, didn't they? They've rallied, they've responded. Bilic has been under a lot of pressure, we know that. Um, But they rallied, and and I truly, truly think 
they've stumbled on something in this 352. Um, and for me, I'm going to put a piece out about it probably later today. I, I think it has to be how they go now. Yeah. I think it has to be how they play going forward. It's not it's not a natural system for Bilic um, because he wants to play sort of open, expansive football. But Albion, there have been times this season when Albion have been far too easy to play against. Yeah. Far, far, far too easy. Um they're too nice. There's no doubt about it. They're far too nice. They're not streetwise enough. They're not nasty enough. Um, and there's huge, huge question marks as to whether they're good enough to play open football in the Premier League. There's huge question marks over that. Um, but playing three-five-two means you've got three centre backs, three central mid. I think Albion have to play with three centre backs and three central midfielders this season. I'm a big advocate of three five two. I've said it before on this podcast. It's my go-to formation on Football Manager. I, I love the system. If I was the manager tomorrow, it'd be the system I would play. So it, that's where I'm coming from with it. I'm already 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 massively biased. Um, but Albion have got to be harder to beat, and I genuinely think they've probably not got the personnel to play open, expansive football in the Premier League. So three central midfielders and three centre backs really shores them up. Um, very, very similar to the situation England were in um, at the World Cup under Southgate. Very, very similar. Um, and I, per- I personally think it's the way to go. And I personally think it's the way they'll earn more points. I think you're right. Um, because you said, you know, you kind of just said it yourself there. The important thing from that Fulham game, as hard as it is, is to, is to bounce back and respond. And even though they lost against Spurs... They did that, didn't they? It didn't show in the result, but it showed in the performance. Yeah, they definitely, definitely bounced back. And they bounced back in style. They, look, I, hand on heart, believe Albion deserved to win the game. Um, a few people, like, probably, 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 maybe a draw overall was a fair result, maybe. But I think Albion had the chances to win it. And they certainly performed the better of the two teams. Mm. I, I, I thought it was the best performance of the season. People will say Chelsea. For me, Chelsea made a hell of a lot of mistakes. And Albion capitalised on those mistakes, which was fantastic. Um, But Spurs didn't make any mistakes yesterday. Albion imposed themselves on them and and Mm. dominated the game by playing it their way. Um, And that, for me, is why it was the best performance of the season. Again, I think the system suited them. I think Callum Robinson has been so unlucky. Um... Not to start was well, was very unlucky not to start for them. I think he has to start going forward. I really, really do. Um, and yeah, look, touching on the. I know you want to get into all these. It's very hard not to sort of talk from go from one point into the next. But I know you want to talk about Bilic and touch on Bilic. But they are playing for him. There's no doubt about it. Bilic was asked after the game yesterday, "Are, are your players playing for you?" And he sort of brushed it away, like almost kind of modestly, and said. It's not that they're playing for me, as you like to say it. He said they're playing for the club and they're playing for themselves. And But they are playing for him. They absolutely are playing for him. And, there, and there's no doubt about it that he commands so much respect in that dressing room. Those players massively look up to him. Um, and rightly so, when you look at the career he's had as a player and as a manager. Um, and on top of that, he is an absolutely smashing bloke. He, like, he is so charismatic. You can't not like love him really because he is so charming um, mm. and personable and friendly and generous with his time. So they are playing for him. 
Fulham was dreadful. And look, everyone came away thinking, is the writing on the wall for him? Um, is it? Um, and obviously it led. It was followed by some stories that he had one game to save his job and Lee Bowyer, Sam Allardyce links. Um, but he really rallied on Friday in the pre-match presser. You could really... It was hard on... It was hard on... Being brutally honest, it was hard at Fulham. And we came away and there was a, a, a doubt in my mind whether he even wanted to stay. Mm. Because as he said, he was deflated. Um, and you could see that in his demeanour post-match. And he was not lost for words, but you could you could tell he was a bit taken aback by what had just happened. He That performance did shock him, um, just how bad they were at Fulham. Um, and obviously it came on the back of the Brighton and Burnley performances where it felt like everything was sort of heading in the right direction. And he was he was a guy. And he came away and his, his, his post-match demeanour was different to normal. And you did think... Does he think he can't do this? Does he think he can't? Albion can't stay up no matter what, really? Does mm. the fact that Fulham have got a £22 million midfielder show that without investing at that level, you can't do it, you can't survive? Um, and he did. we did come away thinking, is he, does he actually want to stay? I mean, if you'd asked me the question, I would have said 80%, yes, he does. Um, but there was a niggling doubt. There was a niggle in doubt. And then that was completely dismissed um, at the press conference on Friday where you could he came out fighting um, and he was so passionate and so determined to turn to not turn it around, but to keep Albion in the Premier League. And you can tell he really wants to stay. He really, really wants to stay. Um, and I think he made one fantastic point um, that perhaps has gone somewhat under the radar in the sense that he said... Everyone predicted, bookmakers, fans of opposition clubs, pundits, predicted Albion to finish either bottom or in the relegation zone. Um, most of them predicted them to finish rock bottom. Yeah. Um, so at the very, very worst, Billich is par for the course. Yeah. The, 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 the biggest thing you can label at him is he's, you can't say he's underachieving. You can't say he's overachieving. He is, Albion are where... They're technically everyone expected them to be. Um, there's been disappointing performances. Southampton, although in hindsight, that doesn't. Southampton are looking a very good. Southampton team. are looking fantastic. Um, and Fulham, let's be honest, was atrocious, um, inexcusable, um, very, very, very bad day at the office. Um, but I don't know that. I just. He's right, and I, I genuinely, genuinely think Albion are better off with him than without him. And we've got to remember the job he has done. It was a massive turnaround. The players in the summer he arrived, massive turnaround. He got them promoted a year ahead of schedule. Um, in the end, they had to go up. We all know about that because of coronavirus. Blah blah blah. But when he was appointed, it was a two-year plan. He got them up one year. That was in July. They went up, and they're in. They're in this. They're in this battle with five other teams. Now it looks like already it's going to be three from five go down. Yeah. Um, and they're in they're in the race. They're in the race. The one thing is, my God, they have got to win a game of football soon. They have just for confidence. Yeah. Well, yeah, for confidence, for, for massive confidence. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But for points, they've they've got to win a game of football soon. Got to. And until they do, the pressure's going to mount and. 
until they do, they're not going to get out of the bottom three, are they? That's it. I mean, you look at that bottom five, rock bottom at the moment, Sheffield United, a single point. I mean, who would have predicted that um, after the season they'd had last year? You've got Burnley, then you've got Albion, then you've got Fulham, who are only a point ahead of them. And then you've got Brighton on six points, and then you're up to Leeds with 10 and, and United with 10. Uh, and I don't think anyone expects United to, ha- to hang around in that part of the table. Um, but it's not, like you said and like Billich said, they're not rock bottom. They've put it. They've, I mean, they've drawn. They've drawn three games. They just need that one win, just to kind of get, to, just just to lift that weight off their shoulders, don't they? Because now, all of the players, and I guarantee you, it will get to a point they'll be playing. You know, after the international break, say that you know they've got United, then they've got uh, Sheffield United, haven't they? Yeah. That Sheffield United game, if they're one nil up at eighty-five minutes, you will see the weight on them on them players' shoulders. They will. They will. And however they manage it, by hook or by crook, if they hang on and then get that three points, it will visibly lift them. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And it's, they just got to somehow find that first win. And, and it should have come against Chelsea. I think you can make a case it, could, it should have come against Tottenham. It very, very easily could have come at Brighton. It could have come against Burnley as well. Mm. Um, and they just haven't managed to do it yet. And there's no doubt, it's, it's, of course it's going to play, it's, of course it's going to have an impact psychologically of course it is um but look they've got it they've got to get it sooner rather than later they have they have because Sheffield United are not playing as badly as their position suggests I think they're in massive trouble this year I've got to be honest not taking anything away from Chris Wilder who I think if you make a case over the last 10 years of football he's probably done the best job of any manager um in England um he's done absolutely incredibly well but I mean I've watched I, I watched them in League One with some of the players they're playing with still now so you, They're massive, they massively overachieved in there last year. The bubble was... There was, there was always a, a real chance the bubble could burst. Um, I think Burnley are, are going to be down there as well. Fulham obviously are. Brighton, they play nice football, Brighton, but like they don't win games, do they, like Albion at the end of the day? So, mm. And Leeds... For, Leeds will survive for me. because They're, they're going to win enough games. I think they're, they're one of them sides... Uh, that are gonna they they can put in a really good performance one day like we saw against Villa and then they can have two absolute stinkers. Um, but it's the three point thing, isn't it? It's the exactly. fact that every now and again they will pick up three points. They're gonna lose games four three and they're gonna win the occasional game four three. Um, but they they will that that will just be enough for them. They're fifteenth as it stands. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if they finish fifteenth. Yeah. Um, I really really wouldn't. I still think you've got to look at the likes of Newcastle and West Ham. I don't think they're they're completely out of the picture. I know they're both. I mean, West Ham in particular, given the games that they've had, uh, their first eight fixtures, I'd have been surprised if they got a point and they've got eleven. So fair play to them. Um, but I still think there are question marks over them sides as well. And let's not forget, like a team like Villa, they've had a great start. And as much as I'd personally be happy to see them avoiding it, you know, there's there's nothing saying. There's been plenty of teams that have had good starts and then found themselves down there. Yeah, I mean, I think Villa will be far too strong to be honest. Um, <clears throat> I do think it's I do think it's three from the five that are there. I can't, I can't. West Ham. I think they've got enough. I think Newcastle will have enough. I think Leeds just have enough. I don't know. I you those, never know. I think you're right in highlighting them five teams though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they need performances. By and large, have been okay for Albion. Southampton, Fulham, shockers. Leicester, first half good. 
Okay, two, they've got two Panayas and Villas, three now. Opening day of the season in the Premier League. It's against a team that currently sit top of the pile. It's a bonus game, really. Everton, we all know what happened. Kieran Gibbs ruined that one. Sorry, Kieran Gibbs. I'm still not over it. Um, can't remember what the next game was after that. Uh, after that... If you bear with me one moment. Uh, Chelsea. Oh, right, there you go. Um, so, yeah... So much encouragement from... Let's just sum it up by saying so much encouragement from Tottenham. Love the 3-5-2. They're really playing for Bilic. They've rallied. They've just got to get a win. They've just got to get a win. And I think once they do, they they are good enough to be fourth bottom in that group. The, 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 the team that finishes fifth bottom, right? The difference between the team that finishes fifth bottom and the team that finishes bottom is going to be a hair's breadth. Yeah. This season. And Albion can finish bottom, second bottom, third bottom, fourth bottom, fifth bottom. They can finish in any one of those positions. Any one of them. So they just got to get over that line. They've got a big run of games now too, after this international break. Yes, you've got your Man United first. But I tell you what, Albion, for some reason, love playing Manchester United. Um, who, and let's be honest, Man United aren't looking great at the moment, uh, particularly at home. And then you've got Sheffield United, Crystal Palace, and Newcastle. Yeah, it's got to the stage where I think, obviously you look at the fixtures and obviously it's like, look, if you're not, as long as you're not playing the registered big six, the so-called big six, the, stereo, the traditional big six, because let's be honest, it's very unlikely you're going to get anything from those games. The, the, the next question is, it's not... I'm not bothered who they're playing anymore if it's not a side in that top six, in that traditional big six. Because the truth is, we've got to the stage now where it's which Albion turn up. Mm. If you turn up and play like you did against Fulham, you might as well not bother. Like, don't, don't like, give everyone the afternoon off. There's, there's, there's no point. There's, there's, there's no point in playing. You're not, you're not going to win the game. Um, you turn up and play like you did against Tottenham, or what you did against Chelsea, or what you did against Burnley, or what you did against Brighton, and you got a real chance, a real chance of getting something out of the game. Um, so, it's weird, because managers often say, oh, it's about us, it's about us, it's about us. And I've never really bought into that, really. Um, I think you should always sort of, res- well, respect the opposition, and, and but obviously they, Albion do respect the opposition, but I, just, I don't know, it... It's about which ones. It's about which Albion turn up now because they've shown in enough games and enough moments that they're good enough to compete at the level. They just can't have these odd shockers like they did against Fulham, especially against a team like Fulham. Against Southampton now, it looks a bit more forgivable, but it's not forgivable against Fulham. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it, they need to turn up. Simple as that, and they need to get this first win. And then once they do. They've got a chance. We're still definitely in fighting territory in a, in with a chance of doing it. Quickly, looking back at that Spurs game as well, they weren't helped at all um, by by the news regarding Mateus Pereira and Branislav Ivanovic either. You've got only got to get that take that into account because Albion, like you look at other you look at the big clubs and you can say, oh, they can afford to to miss out on so and so. 
But with Albion and losing Pereira and then someone so experienced in Ivanovic, that's a big blow. Yeah, yeah, it's a big blow. It, is a big, it was a big blow. Um, it's weird because it was a big blow. The Ivanovic one hurts me more than Pereira, which I never thought I'd ever say. Um, and part of me wonders, would have they conceded that late goal if Ivanovic was playing? I, I, I wonder, I genuinely wonder. Um, and Pereira obviously was poor at Fulham, although who knows, he might have had coronavirus then and we didn't know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was a huge blow. It was a huge blow. But can anyone listen to this? And can anyone truly say if Ivanovic and Pereira had played, Albion would have played better? I don't think you can. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can. I think they. I think they for ninety. I think they outplayed Tottenham. I think they were the, they performed. Sorry, I think they. Rather than outplayed, I think they performed better than Tottenham over the course of the 90 minutes. Which, when their front three is Harry Kane, Hong Sun Min and Gareth Bale, that is saying something. When they've got Ndombele, Holberg and Musa Sissoko in midfield. I mean, that is... I mean, their fullbacks on the bench were Aurier and Ben Davis. Yeah. I mean, how good's Ben Davis? He's a good player. He's Wales captain. Like, he's... A good player. Um, so I think, in hindsight, I don't know how, how big a loss they were. Um, obviously, we'll never know, but we'll never know. But but the three-five-two, like you said, stood out. And as you said, it brought out the best in the wing-backs. I suppose the question is, how does Bilic go about fitting the likes of Mateus Pereira and Grady Garner into that system, if you're going to stick with it? Because the signs... We're obviously very good. So for me, Grady's the big fall guy, um, which is a shame for two reasons. Um, one, because he's a damn good player. And two, because he was really Albion's sort of biggest outlay this summer. Um, I mean, I think... I've, look, it's all add-ons and this, that and the others, but... And I don't think he'll get anywhere near 18 million. But I think if everything happened and Grady Garner goes on to win the Ballon d'Or, Albion can end up paying 18 million for him. Whereas I think if Carlin Grant goes on to win the Ballon d'Or, I think Albion can end up paying 16 million for him. So mm. I think that Garner is the most expensive purchase. Um, and obviously you're, you're benching your, your record buy, if you like. But... Um, Pereira, I think, can do a job in, in two roles in that team. I actually think he's good enough to play um, in the midfield three, personally. Mm. Um, he did that at Brighton. I said on the last poddy, um, everyone thought Bilic went 4-2-3-1 in that second half. He didn't. He went 4-3-3, and Pereira was slightly more withdrawn from the 10 role. And it was only the slightest tweak, but what it did allow was him to latch onto balls later. Um, arrive later, sorry, sort of arrive later towards the box. And that's why he had so many shots. He had so mm. many attempts at Brian. He should have scored. Um, so Pereira can certainly fit the system for me, whether that's with, with maybe that means dropping Kravinovic, which would be harsh. I, re- I really like Kravinovic. Um, I mean, Gallagher's the first name on the team sheet at the minute. He's been, at, he's been absolutely sensational. What about uh, Livermore? Could you drop him? Um, I think there's question marks over... Jake at the minute um, 
but for me, he was he, he does his best work off the ball. Uh, it's not his position. It's not his. It's not his favourite position that defensive midfield role. But like I've said a million times on this podcast, he did get his England caps playing there. Um, my worry, my, I think, is it's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. You, you need a holding midfielder. I think. I think Sam Field is genuinely challenging Livermore when he's yeah. fit um, for that starting spot. And sometimes Livermore take. You just. I've said a million times. Albion are too nice. I said it. I asked Belichick after after Fulham. I did straight out. Are you too nice? Is this team too nice? Have you got to start being more dirty and like? And Jake Livermore's the nicest guy off the pitch, but he is. Thankfully, he is one of them that is a bit nasty. He does. He's he an does, enforcer, isn't he? He's an enforcer. He does. He does. He he sticks out a boot. He stops. He breaks play up every now and again. He takes fouls. He takes yellow cards for the team and. He's a bit more savvy and it's about balance at the end of the day. And a lot of what he's doing is absolutely no frills. It's going to get no headlines. A lot of it will go unnoticed. Um, but he's definitely adding something. Um, it, it would worry me taking him out just for his experience. And I think Field would be the natural replacement for him. I feel, yeah. I, feel I know Kravinovic, um, I mean, look, Kravinovic played the holding role at, at um, Fulham. It was actually Livermore was slightly more advanced of him and it didn't work for me. It didn't work. So, look, it's rotation, it's competition, it's it's healthy. Um, but I wouldn't mind Livermore, a Livermore-Gallagher-Pereira midfield three. Also, you could obviously, obviously include Kravinovic and then play Pereira up front just off a striker which is what Callum Robinson did yesterday and did it very very well at Aston he said he did link he very much linked the midfield and attack yesterday yeah you couldn't really see him getting on the end of many chances he was more a creator than a, than a finisher if you like he'd have one chance like in like the first minute um, but obviously Pereira could do that role um, and then it'd be up to which it'd be up to Robinson to compete with Grant then for a starting spot which I mean, I really, really like Callum Robinson. I really think he needs more minutes, to be honest. So that's that's a tough call there. But there's you can def. I think personally, I think you can definitely get Pereira in this side. Definitely, Dean Garner, slightly different issue. Can he play in the front too? I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. He's another option. Um, but yeah, I, I just think I, I'm putting a piece out later today, later today or tomorrow, about just a few talking points from the game. Um, and for me, the three-five-two raises a lot of questions, but I could see so many more positives and negatives. Mm. You so they Albion are better with a back three. They are better with a back three. Um, they're better with a midfield three. And Darnell Furlong and Connor Townsend, for me, are so much more comfortable as wing backs with that added protection behind them of a centre half. And do you know what? I also like a front two. Yeah. Um, not like the sort of the front two has been like a bit of a, a, a dying art, really, hasn't it, in recent years? But it's what Southampton are doing with Che Adams and Danny Ings before he got injured. And Robinson is a wonderful combination player, he will link with anyone. Um, so I can't. There are downsides to it, but for me, they, they've, the positives far outweigh the negatives. 
Um, I, I'd be tempted to agree. I suppose the big question would be for Bilic, do you do you pick the players for the system, or do you pick the system account accounting to the players, which is arguably he's not drawn results this season. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because that's how, that's how you, like that's the big debate, really. Like managers have their philosophies, and and do you, I just think you've got to be hard to beat. You've got to be harder to beat than Albion have been at times this season. You've got to be harder to beat, and you don't survive in this league if you ship goals. You do not survive, and like, we've said it before. I said it. Villa last season, the prime example. They mm. were defensively atrocious before the restart. I mean, they were conceding two goals a game on average. Yeah. And they completely... That was the change, that they tightened up at the back. And that gave them the platform to go and survive. Um, and, you, and, and you've got... You've, for me, you've got to do that. It's got, it's got to be from the back. Um, but it's not natural for Bilic. That's the issue. He's, yeah. he's an open, expansive manager. He wants to play... Slav ball, doesn't he? He wants to play attacking football. Um, but have we truly got the players to do it at this level? I'm not that's, sure we are. That's a question, isn't it? And lastly on the game, I mean, the goal, a real shame. For me, it was just avoidable. So avoidable. I mean, I, I called it initially, I thought it was Carl Bartley's mistake. I think Johnson's got to come through. Yeah, a lot of people have replied saying you're having a laugh. It was Johnson's mistake. Because I think Johnson's been brilliant this season, and he, he's a fabulous shot stopper. You can't you can't say anything about that. And it, it, at times he has kept Alvin in games this season. For me though, I think you've just got to come and and just make sure you get something on the ball because you're not you're not going to be you're not going to be whistled for a penalty for that. For me personally, I don't think. No, you're not. Are you not? Keepers are so protected. Um, I think Bartley I've got to be honest I think Bartley's the wrong side and I think Bartley has made it to it I don't uh, to me he's got if Harry Kane's winning that ball fair enough but he has got to make it more difficult for him for me mm. that's just my opinion I could be wrong like I've never played in the Premier League so uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know but I do I personally think Bartley's got to make that harder for him um, and absolutely Johnston the bigger mistake is Johnston if he stays on his line or he comes and gets something on it, then nothing happens. But you can tell he dallies. He sort of pauses, hesitates, and he's in no man's land, isn't he? Bless yeah. him. Um, and it's a real shame because, like you say, he's been absolutely fantastic. The save from that Vinicius was fantastic. He's made some wonderful saves this season. He's been Albion's best player, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Conor Gallagher's slowly starting to rival him for that. Um, but he has been. And... He's a smashing lad. Yeah, he's a very good goalkeeper. And Albion are going to... They need him. They're, they're much better off with him than without him. People saying Button should play. No chance. Johnson is going to make... Is gonna, is, there's games when he, he's, he's... Like you say, he's kept Albion in there. And he, he's, he's a potential match winner, Johnston. Mm. Um, so... It's a shame because he, he does polarise opinion, doesn't he? He does. And you just wish he... like. I mean, I suppose he wouldn't polarise opinion if he didn't make mistakes like that. But he had such a strong start to the season. It was just a real shame. Um, it's easy to forget as well. It's his first proper season in the Premier League. I mean, if it's a striker or a winger, 
you say, oh, okay, you're going to have an off day because it's, you know, he's, in terms of goalkeepers, he's, he's quite young. And you look at, like, say, a striker, a young striker coming into his first se- proper season in the Premier League. I know Johnson was at United previously. But you, you accept that they're not going to have a performance week in, week out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Billich made the point again, actually, on Friday that this team is full of rookies in terms yeah. of the Premier League. It is absolutely full of And you look at our back five, Noah Vanovic, they're a rookie Premier League back five. Donald Furlong, Conor Townsend, Carl Bartley, Shemi Ajay, Dara Roche have not played in the Premier League until this season. Um, they really are learning on the job. Um, and look, it's a, the Harry, look, Harry Kane for me is the best striker in the world. Yeah. Um, and and it took it took a Harry Kane goal, didn't it? To, yeah. To break them down, I've got to say, repeating myself, those all being rookies, I think it helps. There's an extra one of them, another plug for the back for the three at the back, five three two, three five two, whatever it is system. I, yeah. I just think it helps. Obviously, Ivanovic will come in and be massive there, just for his leadership, his organisation, his now experience. Um, but three five two will, will help Ivanovic as well because. Bless him. For as good as he is, he's not rapid, is he? Like, nah, stick him in the middle of that back three. Stick him in the right. middle of that back three. Um, I'd have O'Shea one side, Ajay the other probably. Um, and I think I think you've got a solid base there. I really do. Yeah. With Sam Johnston, a big part of that. Um, and with Darnell Furlong, Connor Townsend, slash Kieran Gibbs. Um, if Kieran Gibbs can ever get his way back in again. You you kind of touched on it before. I'm just going to touch on it again. Billich's Billich's future. It was in like as you said, it was in question a little bit after Fulham. The Spurs game has obviously lift, lifted that a little bit. Do you think he deserves the season? Yeah. Regardless of what happens. Ah uh, yes, I do. I do. As I sit here today. Um, yeah, I do. I do. I'm, I'm going to write it. Abby needs to stick with him. Um, I'm gonna put that. I, I genuinely believe I need to stick with him. I, I, I truly do. The, the, the thing with Slavin is, he's quite the vast, vast majority of managers I've worked with and known. You, you hear a saying in football a lot. You hear it from managers and you hear it from players, and they say we never get too high after a win and we don't get too low after a defeat. Yeah. Keep things on a level, and it is the most boring quote ever. It's just, I like so many people say, you can't get too high after a win. You can't get too low after a defeat. You've got to stay on an even key. I'm like, oh, bore off, mate. Well, you never get that quote from Slavin Bilic. Do you know, no. do you know why? Because he's massively high after a win and he's massively low after a defeat. And, and <laughs> I don't know how good a quality that is, really, for a manager. I have to say that. Like, I think potentially it's... It's a big, it's a, it's a plus and a negative. It's a plus yeah. in the sense that I think because he's so emotional, he's a better human being. Okay, he's very, very, he's very, very emotionally intelligent, and that makes him a good person, and therefore that makes players want to play for him because he knows what to say and what to do and how to conduct himself and how to make people feel special. Um, you do look at him sometimes when you do think, oh my God, you're absolutely crestfallen. You've got to go and pick these players up. Um, yeah. And you look like you're absolutely like, 
at, at the end, of, like you're, you're absolutely devastated. Um, but in fairness to him, he does pick them up, doesn't he? Like he yeah. he was <laughs> deflated at Fulham. I mean, we speaking about it. Um, Rob Gurney actually from WM said to him at the presser on Friday. He said, "I've only seen you as down one one other time than after Fulham, and that was Huddersfield away." Um, and I had to laugh. Oh, that was that was grim, by the way. I mean, that was grim, and I, I had to laugh, laugh post Huddersfield because, I mean, Billich said we're, we're preparing for the playoffs, and some of the papers did this story about the mind games have started and all this that and the other. I love Slavin, but it wasn't mind games. It was not mind. He was gutted. That was just him as a human being, it was just, as every other fan was probably thinking. Exactly right. Exactly right. It was just him as a, it was. Just, he was. He was. I mean, it was it was horrible. He, he was also really low after a game at Cardiff. Um, he was really low that day as well. I think Lee Tomlin scored a late free kick. Um, he was low that day. Um, but yeah, he's, just, he's this sort of... He is this up and down character. And, it, and, it, and I think we're going to have these highs and lows with him. Do you know what I mean? You sort of... You, you, everyone's rooting for him one minute and everyone's like, oh, the next. And it's all... It's, it's very sort of... Very, it's very, it's an it's an emotional ride with Billich. It is an emotional ride, um, but but it's what everyone wants, isn't it? You want a manager who, who cares and shows and is is like that and and shows how he feels and and shoots from the hip and talks about what he what he thinks is right and wrong and it's gonna look. There's gonna be ups and downs, isn't there? And that uh, look if he needs a win, doesn't he? Let's be That's honest. It. Like if it, 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 if I just think they'd be mad to sack him now. I think I certainly think they'd be mad to sack him after the um, Tottenham performance. Look, Man United's Man United. Look, they've struggled, but the truth is, if Marcus Rashford, Anthony Martial, one matter, and Bruno Fernandez and Van der Beek and Paul Pogba decide that they're going to play that day, it's going to be very very hard for Albion to get anything from the game. So you can't really legislate if they lose at Man United they lose at Man United there's no shame in that um, then the pressure mounts doesn't it the pressure yeah. mounts again for Sheffield United um, so it's going to be this sort of I do think it's going to be these highs and lows and all I can say is I think everyone's I think deep down everyone knows what a good job he's done overall he's done a fantastic job overall Um Everyone can see there are there's still something in this team. There, there is still something there. They, they can do this. Um, and he is such a likeable... People want him to do it, don't they? Yeah. People want him to succeed. You can't not want him to succeed. Um, so they've got to stick with him. I genuinely think he's a really good manager. And he made the point, actually. And I was, I was, I was like, please, he did it. Like, at the presser on Friday where he was like, do you know what? I've got a good record in the Premier League. And he, he, he's right, yeah. It's two fantastic seasons at West Ham, sacked in the third. D- obviously disappointing season in the third. But those first two seasons, very, very good. And the big question is, and I'm not saying this, I do truly want Slavin to stay and I do think he should stay, but who, who, who are they going to bring in? That's what I was about to say, because I'm not going to lie to you. When you're seeing Lebo you linked and Sam Allardyce, Sam Allardyce is, don't get me wrong, he met like if 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 you could look into the future and see how two alternate realities end up, 
Sam Allardyce might keep Albion up and Billich might end up going down on last day of the season. But I tell you what, the football, it wouldn't be great to watch. And I'm not, sa- I'm not saying you should sacrifice your Premier League status for it. But Albion's been down that route before. Yeah, I agree. I think the... I, so, Ralph Hessenthal, or Hessenthal, or whatever his name is, mm. I, I, I'm, I'm no expert on European football. So I'd, I'd never heard of him before he took over at Southampton. I still can't say his name properly. And if, if, if someone knows of a manager like him, then if the board do decide to part with Bilic, then I could, you can make a case for that. Someone of, of, of his... Of, is it really, let's be honest, a complete unknown. No one had heard of him, had they? No one had heard yeah, of yeah. him. Um, and he's obviously done a fabulous job at Southampton. Absolutely like in- incredible. So if there's a manager like that, a Poch- it's always at Southampton, isn't it? Like a Pochettino, when no one had heard of Pochettino. I mean, he'd been at Espanyol, I suppose. But but if there's a manager like that, then and they can now can dig someone out, then fair enough. But are you telling me, Lee Bowyer? I mean, well, I'm, I'm <laughs> really. I mean, look, I'm putting myself in dangerous territory. A Slavin could be sacked tomorrow, and Lee Bowyer could be the next manager. And I'm saying, really, to me, I don't see it. I, don't, I, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. He done a good job at Charlton. He was. He was. I mean, it was. He was really unlucky when Lyle Taylor decided he wasn't going to play for them um, mm. when he was hands down the best player. But he took them down. I mean, Danny Cowley's out of work. He interviewed really, really well um, when, when Bilic got the job. At least he kept Huddersfield up. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I, mean, look, I know Barry had a lot to deal with Charlton. I'm not, and, but I don't know. It makes me like go. The, the big thing with the job is, and this is what everyone has to get their head around is, and we... Albion are categorically in with a fighting chance of survival. They are in that race um, with those with, with what looks like five other teams. But as we sit here today, we do not know how the season's going to go. Are they going to stay? In, is it going to go? Albion start turning these good performances into wins, and they move away gradually, and they get that fifth bottom spot, and they, it's quite nice. Is it? It's going to carry on like it is now, and they're sort of in that third bottom area picking up results here and there and it's going to be very very nip and tuck or is it going to be completely the other way they just com- they, they, they just cannot get this win and they end up relegated like not sooner rather than later but a month do you know what I mean early relegated yeah. early so if you we don't know how it's going to go and I don't think anyone would be sat here now would be surprised by any three of those outcomes we, we, we genuinely don't know what is going to happen so if you're a manager looking at this job there could be a real big hangover at Albion in the, at the end of this season. Yeah. If they've struggled all year and then they have to go into the championship, those hangovers are hard to break. Not Plenty a, of sides, you see, do it where they really struggle the next year. So people saying like Eddie Howe. Well, Eddie Howe, I mean, one, he spent a meat, like, I mean, a ridiculous amount of money at Bournemouth. Mm. I'm not saying he didn't do a good, good job there, but he spent money at Bournemouth that is not at... West Brom, he couldn't keep Bournemouth up. So if he comes in and can't keep Albion up, Albion then go into the Championship on a downer with a manager who's got two relegations basically on his CV, and it's not a good look. It's not a good. It's not a good vibe, really. I think you'd need. No. I tell you what, I would rather something like. I'd rather even. I'd rather stick with Billich for the season, and then it's. Let's say Albion went down, and everyone just was like, "Oh, it's a part of the ways." 
There's no contract. Bilic's contract has expired. He feels this time to go. Um, Albion feel like it's time for him to go. Although I think he could, he could pretend. I think he. I don't think there'd be anyone better really to try and get you out of the championship. But then mm. I, I would rather like someone like Steve Cooper at Swansea was given a go. Yeah. Someone like that. Someone who plays the Alb- plays good football like Albion won. Um, but at least then, if you got a new manager, then it would it would sort of it would bring a bounce, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just like Slavin did when he arrived. Whereas you don't need a manager coming in now, taking Albion down, and then having to try and somehow lift it for next season. Yeah. Um, but the point is, we we don't know how it's going to go. And, and Billich is. I mean, I, I don't even want to go down that road because Billich is doing enough. He is doing enough to make Albion competitive. He deserves. He deserves the job, and he deserves. He deserves to try and keep them up. And I've, I've said it a million times, but I honestly, honestly believe they got more chance of survival with him than without him. Shall we get onto questions? Yes, because we're running out of time, aren't we? We are. We said we we're going to try and keep these to an hour, and we've got ten minutes. Uh, Clint McCormick, do either of you have a gamble? What are your memorable bets, especially if it involves West Brom, if you are allowed to? Many years ago, I worked at the club shop. I had to sign a form saying I wouldn't bet on Premier League football. Mm. Uh, I think we're allowed to have a bet. We're allowed to bet, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'll have a... I, I'm a bit of a silly gambler, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm the type of guy who puts like fiver on like a... Tw- uh, maybe a 30-team accumulator. Fiver on a 30-team accumulator? Yeah, so I'm like, oh, if this comes in, I can... I I'm can, a millionaire. Uh, yeah, I can I can live out my life. And, of course, it never bloody comes in. No. Um, I've had, I like... The other, I mean, I don't I don't bet anymore. You, like, you used to have an accumulator, like, most weekends, really. Um, um, but, yeah, I don't anymore. Um, I have had a couple have of, big- like... I'm surprised we're allowed to bet. Yeah. Um, because I've had two big wins and they were when John Whitney was appointed Wolfson manager and when Dean Keats was appointed Wolfson manager. And the reason why I had big wins is because I knew they were going to be appointed as managers. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I just, and then I just obviously, as soon as I found out, I, I, I lumped on. Um, John was really annoying. Shall I tell you what? This is really, still gets my goat to this day. I think you were, you're only allowed to put on something like the bookmakers are restricting you to like a hundred quid or something on, on like manager on, on the market. Yeah. So I'd found out Whitney was getting the job and I went over to Judah and told him, I was like, mate, when he's getting the job, get like a hundred quid on. Um, he was three to one. Oh, and, um, why didn't you let me know? You are. Why didn't you let me? You mustn't have been there. You mustn't have been there. I can, it was just him. I can picture it. I'm going over to your desk. And he was the only one. He was the only one there. And I was like, get get on this. Do you know what he's like with gambling? He loves it, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Judy's got them all open in tabs. Um, constantly. And then... Because, he had, because literally, like you just said, he had them all open in tabs. You know how close my seat was to Judy's. Yeah. He had put the bet on before I walked back. So the odds immediately got reduced. <laughs> oh. But it only went to like three to one to like two point five to one. But when the money came in, he got like forty quid more than me. <laughs> and if anyone knows that Judah has got is all right for cash, isn't he? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, forty quid means more to him than it more to me than it does to him. 
Um, but there we go. Uh, all Albion fans, do you ever stop and think how great your job is, especially at the moment? You may well get an entire year watching the Albion as one of the only fans in person. Well, that doesn't really relate to me because I'm not a fan. Um, and you're not you does. Hello? Hello? I lost you then. Did you? Yeah. Did you hear the question? Yeah, yeah, I heard the question. Yeah. I don't even think we did actually lose each other. I think we just maybe interrupted each other. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I'm not editing that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't bother me. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I always sit back and every time I'm at a game, I, I, there is a moment where I think I'm really lucky to be here, uh, especially right now. Uh, so it's not something I take for granted. Um, no, I, I genuinely do it all the time. I, I, I can assure anyone listening to this, I am so like grateful to be doing this job. I really like genuinely am. Like, Local yeah. baggies fan yeah. with the next yeah. one. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't, Luke... I'm so pleased. I wouldn't do anything else. I'm so relieved. But yeah, go on. Should Luke be banned from going on holidays? I feel a, little le- a, a lot less positive about football without the pod and post-match videos. Uh, I mean, banning me from holidays. <laughs> it's, it's, it's turned into slave labour. <laughs> slave labour? You're laughing, yeah? Jesus. <laughs> you, God, you're lucky to... You, be, you barely do your hours as it is. Uh, oh my god, what a claim. Oh, you're joking. Um, we should ban you though. Like I said, like I said, you've just got a 25 days. Stick to your 25 days and we're up here. And no loo days for me. No loo, no, you don't deserve loo. You don't deserve loo days. Jesus. What a claim. Oh, this is unbelievable. Um, Will, uh, are the board undecided on giving Billich a new contract because he hasn't got one yet? And if he doesn't sign one until the end of the season, someone could get him. If the board are 100% signed him, behind him, sorry, uh, they should give him a new deal. Uh, uh, I'd imagine Bilic is one of those managers where you don't need to kind of commit to a new contract straight away because he's... he's I mean, it, I might be wrong. He strikes me as the type of manager who would always give his current club the first shot at keeping him. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, 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 yeah, we're massively missing the point in that Albion's board are not 100% on Slaven Bilic. There's, yeah. there's, there's massive tension behind the scenes. There was headlines literally last week saying they were considering sacking him. Um, there's the, whether you think that's right or whether you think that's wrong, we are at an uneasy stage. There's no doubt about it, we are at an uneasy stage. Um, I truly, truly believe... Bilic can do this and he can keep Albion up and as I've said before um, rifts happen very quickly in football people fall out all the time but they heal very quickly as well Um, and they especially heal if results are going well so Mm. a couple of wins and suddenly everything's a lot more rosy in the garden and people won't be talking about it but what we can say and I don't think uh, it will, certainly won't be news to Slavin, is that Albion's board are not 100% behind him. Um, so I don't want that quoted anywhere either. If any news websites are listening to that, I'm just speaking for this for this podcast. I don't want big headlines <laughs> saying Albion's board are not 100% behind Slavin Bilic. In the context of this podcast, people understand what I'm saying. But there's, no, there's not going to be a contract offer anytime soon um, because... We we don't know, do we? We don't. We, we, the, the truth is, there has been a, there is there is tension behind the scenes between Billich and the board based on transfer strategy. 
Bilic feels he hasn't he hasn't been backed as he should have been. Now, my issue with eyesight's take, I actually sort of side with the board more than Bilic on this. It's it's not their fault that Lie has that they've got twenty million pounds to spend. Lie Gauch and I does not put the money in, so mm. I empathise really with the board on that on that on that side of the coin. Um, but I certainly think that Bilic is the best manager and done the best that. He could with the money, and and I think Luke Downs and that. That's my that's the that's the big the big thing for me is there are these spats. It went public with Amadou Ghazi. The truth is, I obviously don't know everything behind the scenes and what everything that's gone on. But if I had Slaven Bilic in front of me now and Luke Dowling in front of me now, I'd say Slaven, do you know what? You've done a bloody good job, Luke. Do you know what? You've done a bloody good job. Now I know it's not great because you both want more money, but 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 it's just the way it is, isn't it? So. Mm. I just think, do you know what? It's Slavin Bilic, it's Luke Dowling. They're not like pansies. They're not fairies. They're like, they can get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they've both done a very good job. They've obviously a bit of tension between Bilic and the board, but it's nothing that can't, like, you can work with it. They're men. It's football. It happens. It's gonna. It could be fine. But there is tension there. And while results are going against Slavin, it's one win in 12 league games now. Is that right? One win in twelve league games. That's not. not like that's that. not a good run. Um, so there's so there's there's issues on both sides, but I think hand on heart, everyone's got to accept that with the hand, everyone's done the best with the hand that they've been dealt. I truly mm. believe that. Anthony Keff, uh, what would you consider the priority in January? An anchor man in front of the midfield or a fullback if we hypothetically had the funds to do so. I think he's nailed it with the anchor man. Uh, yeah, I think this is a big season for Sam Field. I like, uh, and I think he's pushing idea. I think he's pushing to, um, to start. So, but yeah, I think an anchor, yeah, you could you could make that case that an anchor man with um, experience. Um, I mean, my my actual preference would be a fullback who could play both sides. That would be my my key. I, I, look, Daroche. We played tomorrow. It doesn't matter who we're playing. Daroche starts for me in a back three. Um, I think he's going to be a fabulous centre half. But for me, he's not a right back. Um, he isn't. He, I don't, well, I certainly don't think he should have to learn on the, learn to be a right back in the Premier League. Um, and if Darnell Furlong was to get injured. Um, you're in a bit of trouble yeah you? I personally think I, I personally think <laughs> annoyingly Nathan Ferguson type is, is sort of the perfect sign in for me in January um, I think and I think I think there will be an addition in January and I think it'll be from the I think it'll be a loan and I think it'll be with the money they saved from Agazi mm. uh, Cal Haywood asks about the performance against Spurs uh, but he follows that up with a question: Should Austin be on the bench if we're starting two strikers? Yeah, I mean, there's a case for it. There's definitely a case for it. Um, I mean, look, you've got to look at that he's, bench. He's, he's not had a chance in a two, really, at Albion. No, he's not had a chance in a two. You're right. You're right. He hasn't had a chance in a two, and in a two, perhaps he could offer. I mean, he would literally be competing with Grant because he's not going to link the play. Yeah. Um, but maybe it, it's a bit. It's not great for 
Austin and Grzycki that they couldn't even get on the bench um, in a game when Pereira wasn't available and when Dean Garner was on the bench as well. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not great for them. Um, in a two, I can make. I think you can make a case for Austin as a, yeah as a finisher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, even even now, I think if there was one chance, if you're going to put your mortgage on someone to take it, you would probably pull it on Austin, even over Grant. Um, I think there is a case, and I need to imagine how Robson Carney will come on the bench when he's fit. Yeah. I mean, that's, the, that's the other point, isn't it? And there's no Robson Carney either. So there was no Robson Carney, no Pereira, and Grzycki and Austin still couldn't get on the bench. I mean, they really are out of favour, aren't they? Bilic yeah. was quite glowing, really, about Grzycki when it was announced he was staying, but the actions say otherwise, don't they? They do. Uh, Dara Martin, with Monster replacing Palmer as a sponsor at the training ground, has this anything to do with the ownership and who actually owns the club? Um, right, so this is a uh, ongoing thing, which I have to be honest, I haven't actually written anything about yet. I have been looking into it. Um, so what people are saying is, so there is a, hang on, I'm going to have to get, um, bear with me one second. Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Um Hang on, hang on. Yeah, so, Gauch and Lai is obviously the owner of West Bromwich Albion. What has happened is there is a foreign equivalent to Company's House. Off the top of my head, I can't remember what it's called. Um, and on that um, website, it says that Gauch and Lai is essentially uh, no longer the controlling owner of West Bromwich Albion. And it is it's actually a lady called, I think you'd pronounce it Yasha G., um, mm. Now, now this, what from, so uh, it's very difficult to answer this question, but what I understand is, so if you are, for Premier League rules, Premier League rules state that you have to have information, you have to, on your club website, have a page that lists your owner and your directors, you have to. You also have to announce any change of ownership publicly. And you also have to register it with the Premier League. Mm. Now, on Albion's website, their owner is Gouch and Lie with the Premier League. And I've checked the owner is Gouch and Lie. And there has been no announcement. Now, the football finance expert, Kieran Maguire, I've spoken to him briefly about this. And... It's very, very common in Chinese business to have someone act on your behalf. Mm. So lie, it look, and this is so, and you've got to stress this. It is very, very common. Um, so it feels like lie has got Miss Yashig G, and he has put her. It's almost like she's his top employee. And she is over. She is overseeing things at Albion, um, so he doesn't have to. Now, and that is what has happened. 
I can't write that is as, and as far as I understand it, that is what has happened, and that is what that is what Albion say, that is what the Premier League say, that is what football finance expert Kieran Maguire says, um, and it, that is what is very 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 common in Chinese business. The other factor to it is, and I hate saying this, is, and I've said it before on this podcast, I'm looking into lie. I'm looking into Gouch and Lai and I'm doing some digging and I'm working on a potential story slash stories. Now, probably any other journalist would have run them by now. I'm being a little bit cautious on it um, and I'm taking my time, probably overly cautious, but that's just the way I do things. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, apply for my job when I leave. <laughs> but it is the way I do things. Now, the information I know about Lai or that I'm 95% sure I know about Lai, he would mean that he is without doubt Albion's owner. Without doubt. So I have got no doubt that Gouch and Lai is Albion's owner and that Yashiji is acting on his behalf. So I can't write a story. I can't write a story on it because my job is to give people news. So So my intro to a story cannot be... Gouch and Lai is the owner of West Bromwich Albion. Because that was a story when he took over. It's mm. not a story now. It's like saying Sam Johnston is Albion's goalkeeper. People know that. It's not. Um, there's what all the, From what I can see, from what I gather, from what I understand, what's happened is it's like me employing you to run my Twitter account, basically. It's still my Twitter account, but... Someone else is doing it. How much are you paying me? Hmm. Well, nothing, because you can easily fill it in with the hours you work. Oh. Come back to that. Um, so, yeah, there's no... I think it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, to be honest. How, could I be proved wrong? I could. I genuinely could. I'm no... I'm not... I've got to be honest. I'm not a football finance expert. I'm certainly not a Chinese finance, financial expert. So, if it comes to bite me, like then it comes back to bite me but I've done a lot of digging on it and with the greatest respect to Kieran Maguire who is basically the oracle when it comes to these things um, he has told me that this is very 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 common it's very very common Um, so I would not um, I don't think it's anything massively to jump up and down about um, but that doesn't mean to say it doesn't need further looking into, and and just and 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 it's not something to keep tabs on because it is, um, and like we're doing like like we have to do with light at the minute because where is he? Nobody knows. There you go. Uh, what a, what an answer to finish on it. Oh, was that the last question? Well, I mean, we're over an hour now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. We can end on that note. Got anything else to add? No, no, no. Just, uh, just, yeah, just hopeful, mate. Just hopeful. Just hopeful, 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 hopeful. Um, need some results, don't we? Need some results. Need some wins. But enthused. I just hope Billich sticks with his 3-5-2, to be honest. <laughs> We're all back in Billich and his 3-5-2. Although uh, we might have to wait a while until we see it next, what, a week on Saturday. Uh, Manchester United away Um, but until then 
Um, well, not until then. Until the next podcast, a week today. Bye-bye from me and bye-bye from Mr. Massey. Good to have you back, pal. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.